Welcome to season two of the In Plain Language podcast, presented by Multi the Blue Tiger Bilingual Children's Books. I'm Kelsey, your host, and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to share free language, speech, and learning resources from top experts across the nation with you and your family. Multi the Blue Tiger dual language books are available worldwide in English and Spanish and English and French. Get your copies online through Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, and many other retailers. We are on a mission to help every child learn that their voice is unique and powerful. Getting kids access to books at home is a topic of incredible importance, especially right now. Many kids may no longer have access to their public or school libraries due to COVID-19 restrictions, and millions are learning remotely and out of reach from their teachers' classroom books that were once shared among students. Many teachers emphasize that when kids have access to books of their own at home, books that they can call theirs, that they can write their names in, that they can reopen whenever they want, it has incredible impact on helping them grow into lifelong readers. Of course, building a home library isn't affordable or realistic for many families who don't have the budget to spend on books. That's why organizations like Brooklyn Book Bodega have the mission of getting more books into kids' hands. Brooklyn Book Bodega aims to increase the number of 100-plus book homes for kids 0 through 18 in New York City. The organization gives donated books away to families so cost no longer acts as a barrier to ownership. In a study of 42 countries published in the journal Social Forces, the number of books in homes was a clear predictor of reading and academic performance. However, regardless of how many books the family already has, each addition to the home library helps children do better, note the researchers. I spoke with Brooklyn Book Bodega co-founder Rebecca Cohen, who has taught secondary school in Baltimore, South Texas, and Brooklyn after joining Teach for America. Named Teacher of the Year in her school district, Rebecca now conducts professional development for teachers and coaches teachers one-on-one to increase their efficacy, instruction, and student impact. She touches on what her organization does, the importance of giving kids access to books at home, how you can build your own child's home library, and how to help others get access to books. So uh, Brooklyn Book Bodega is a uh, local organization um, really dedicated to making sure that all kids, regardless of um, family background, um, have access, close access, right, in their homes to the books that they want to read. So what we do is we, um, in typical times, we hold events and um, help families build their personal libraries. And then um, during uh, the pandemic, we've been partnering with multiple um, organizations that are serving families in some capacity, such, such as giving them PPE or, um, you know, holding like a community baby shower, whatever it is, um, and giving them books to give out alongside um, whatever they're doing. And that includes, you know, um, um, small organizations to um, actual school districts, to individual teachers, um, to block associations. When kids have books to read at home, they pick up new vocabulary, explore new worlds, and develop a lifelong love of reading. So there is research that shows that um, kids who grow up in homes with more books have better life outcomes. And we, I kind of think of it like a virtuous cycle, right? If you have books in your home and you're bored, 
you are what and the books that you want to read, right? You're more likely to pick them up. Books have just a ton of vocabulary that we don't normally use in typical conversation, right? Because they're they're focused, they're written, they're edited, um, and so all of a sudden you are you know opening a um, you're getting like a, a view into something else that maybe you've never experienced. Um, and so, you know, knowledge begets knowledge, right? The more you know, the more you, you have the ability to know because um, our, I mean, if it's sort of going back to like a little bit of like brain research, right? There's this idea of like um, sort of Velcro effect or um, that like as your dendrites in your brain grow, um, more knowledge, um, sticks to the knowledge you already have. So um, if I know a lot about baseball, I'm more primed to understand a more complicated text about baseball. If I know nothing about it, I'm gonna be bored by a complicated text. Um, so we just think that, um, and it's backed up by research that, that kids who grow up in homes with more books um, are likely to read those books, likely to encounter um, things that they're interested in, um, and then sort of like going out beyond their home, they are more likely to um, explore, show curiosity, um, engage sort of, you know, in books for both uh, sort of academic reasons and then just like for personal joy and um, comfort. Um, and so I think it's just a virtuous cycle. And then the research shows that basically they did a sort of meta study of I believe 42 countries um, and we're, and the number that they came to, I think was somewhere between like um, 80 and 300. Um, I, I don't have the exact report in front of me, but basically if kids had um, that amount of books in their home, they were, they really had better life outcomes. And then after around 300 books, it really didn't matter if you had like 350 or you had like 1500 books in your home. It was kind of the same. Um, and so so for us, we're really thinking, okay, if we can get a hundred books in your home, um, you are more likely to, um, to have, a, have a better life. And we know that um, you know, in our society, um, kids who do, you know, kids who read at home can do better at school. You do better at school. You're more likely um, to wanna do more schooling. Um, with more schooling, you can um, be like more financially secure in your own life. And um, it's just sort of like that, that idea. We think, um, so for all of those reasons, we think it's important to have, have books at home starting from the very beginning. Of course, borrowing books from the school library or public library is such a special experience. But owning a book a child can call their own can foster their love of reading even further. Yeah, I think there is a place for libraries um, and Kindles. Um, and um, I think those, like, I think the library is so, so important and borrowing books is so important, but I think there's something about like, when you are bored and you're at home, like, what are you going to do, right? You have a number of choices. You can like bug the person who's closest to you. Um, you know, you can hop onto a video game, but if you have books and books you wanna read or reread, or a book that you're like, I don't even wanna read yet, but I, I think I wanna read that when I'm a little older, or I have a book that I want to read to my sibling. Um, yeah, you're way more likely, I think, to become a lifelong reader. Um, but I mean, we, I feel like we are sort of like a niche um, piece of the bigger picture, right? Like I think 
classrooms, there should be classroom libraries, school libraries, public libraries should be, you know, fully funded. Um, I love, love my local bookstores. I think they're amazing and they've actually been amazing to our organization too. Um, but I sort of feel like we're like a third piece of that puzzle um, because it's, um, we know that books are really expensive. So if you're gonna buy a brand new hardcover book, it's about $18. Um, and so if you wanna really like have a robust library, you can spend many thousands of dollars. Um, and that's just not an option for everybody, but we think everybody should be able to, um, to have that access. One thing that Rebecca stresses when it comes to building your own home library is that books should act as both windows and mirrors. They can help a child learn about worlds and people they've never met, which builds empathy for those different from themselves and can also help them learn more about themselves. I didn't make up this idea. Um, I, can't, I can't remember who made it up, but really it's, it goes into um, the idea that, um, right, like we are limited by our own experiences, right? So, um, if you're sitting inside and you look out a window, you see like what's happening out there. If you look in a mirror, you see yourself, right? So if I'm looking, if a book's acting as a window, um, I'm helping to see, it's helping me to see worlds that I've not encountered, right? Maybe there's like people that are super different than me um, that I've never met. And now I'm building some empathy or knowledge around um, somebody who's totally different than me. Uh, maybe it's an experience I've never had. Um, you know, maybe it's like fantasy, um, but may, or maybe it's a culture I've, I just don't encounter in my, in my town or um, where I live. Um, and then in terms of mirrors, we also, you know, uh, feel very strongly that you should see positive representations of yourself um, in the books that you read. And so, when we're thinking about that, I'm thinking about like culture or race um, or religion um, or socioeconomic status. And so books that reflect back to you, hey, hey, you reader, you have value. Um, you're important. Um, your culture is important. Like the things that you do are important. The way you look is valuable are all so important um, for, for readers as they're building, building identity. Um, and building, um, really figuring out their place, place in the world, um, what they want to make of the world. Um, and so we think that books should really be balanced. Like you should have books that reflect back to you um, positive self-image and books that also give you a window into worlds you might never encounter but through a book. When you're building your child's home library, start with books that you know pique their interest and are about topics they love to learn about. Then use those books as launching pads for other topics and genres. I have a, um, I have three kids myself. I have, um, my youngest is one and a half. He's super interested in vehicles right now. Um, like anything with wheels and an engine. Um, and so right now we have a ton of truck books um, and he's really expanding his um, ability to like talk about anything that has wheels. Um, you know, I think he has like a better wheel vocabulary than I do. Um, but I also, um, I want to um, expose him to, to different types of families. Um, so I think it has to do like certainly with my, my own values. Um, 
And I want the, the books in our home library to sort of reflect both that mirror idea um, and that window idea. Um, and then I think for older kids, again, um, I think we want books to be like, it's not just like, if books feel like it's like an eat your vegetables type thing, kids are not going to become lifelong readers. They need to really figure out that there is joy in books, that these books can like take them away from the reality that they can occupy their time for hours. Um, and so um, I think graphic novels are like a total like gateway candy into um into into um the world of books and like you'll notice right graphic novels the word novel is in the title um they are real books um and even comic books right they're real books um so those should be in your library um you should also allow kids to reread um as much as they want to i think um when we reread we get um different um things from the text so it might be that uh, your child is really trying to understand the character or the plot um, or what's happening or they're just reading for joy. So I think rereading is really important. Um, and I also think just like follow their lead. Um, if they like, um, they really like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, like get them Jerry Craft's new kid um, or, um, you know, you know, sort of help them to expand their palette while also honoring what they really love. It might be tempting to designate one bookshelf or a part of your home as the place to stash all of your child's reads, but by keeping books visible throughout your home, you'll motivate your child to pick them up more often. Yeah, I'm a big fan of book baskets. So um, uh, we have, you know, plenty of shelves, but also like um, right by the chair where I read with my one and a half year old at night, we have like a, um, a basket full of about 20 books that are, you know, the, they're like in heavy rotation right now. And I'll probably put in there, half of them are books that he really wants to read that he knows well. And then other ones are ones that I've put in there that I'm like, I'm going to introduce him to, and maybe he's not going to like it the first time we read it, but he'll come back to it. Um, and I think with bigger kids too, you can do that. And then they can, you can organize by like genre, right? Um, or you can just organize by like stuff you're really interested in and you can sneak in a couple books in there that they might, you might want them to read. Um, I also think having some books in every room is a great idea. We have books under the microwave um, in the kitchen. So like once you have a reader, you're like, oh, my kid is reading cereal boxes. Um, which is great, but like also they could have a book right behind them that they could read. Um, so um, I think just like lots of locations for books. Um, and um, there are also lots of places, you know, to get cheaper books, right? I think we often see them on like stoop sales or just sort of put out. Um, and if you're in Brooklyn, you can of course reach out to us. For help getting books into your own home if you live outside of New York City, see if your local library has a donation center where you can pick up donated books for free. Someone in your neighborhood might also have a Little Free Library, a local book sharing box. You can visit littlefreelibrary.org to learn more. Many cities like Philadelphia, Baltimore, Chicago, Portland, and San Francisco also have book banks where you can pick up donated books. Finally, you might see if your neighborhood is registered with Dolly Parton's Imagination Library 
which gives free books to kids from birth to age five in participating communities. There are also several steps you can take to get involved if you want to help share the book love and get books to other families. For instance, see if a local organization in your town takes donated books and distributes them to families in need. You can also, of course, volunteer with Brooklyn Book Bodega, no matter where you are. We do have volunteering opportunities, both remote and in person. And so we stamp every book with a nameplate to um, help the promote book ownership. So our books, the books that we get donated to us go through volunteers' hands, they get stamped, they get organized um, in our storage facility, um, and then they get, you know, lovingly packed up for whatever organization has, has requested them. So we, would, we love volunteers and we have a form on our website under the volunteer tab that you can fill out and then we reach back out to folks and say like, are you available this day? We're having um, folks come to the warehouse to, to help out. Um, and then in terms of remote opportunities, we're always looking for um, folks to spread the word. If there are authors or illustrators or creators who would love to do a virtual event for us, um, that would be amazing. Um, we are on Instagram and social media, um, so definitely follow us on, um, on those platforms. Um, and then for folks who aren't um, aren't close by. Like if you want to support us I mean, we take um, PayPal donations, um, you know, I think there's like a financial aspect to all of this that um, we are a nonprofit and um, would love just like financial support. That's what just one way to contribute. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of In Plain Language. Be sure to subscribe. And if you loved this episode, click that five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to support our podcast to continue reaching families with speech and language resources, please visit the link in our episode description. We'll talk to you soon on the next episode.